Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 95 That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Another week in Cardiff City, another, I don't know, depression, desolation um, A bit of a bad end to the week as Cardiff lost 1-0 at home to Bristol Despite dominating the game uh, this is another view from the Ninian. I wish it wasn't. Um, to go through the details of that game is Mr. Sleepyhead Ben Price. Ben, how are you? I'm not bad, mate. Nice and awake, nice and refreshed. You had a Red Bull? No, um, I'm on the Iron Brew Extra. Oh, nice. Ooh. Iron Brew Extra is nice. And that ooh you can hear is Tom Phillips. Tom, what are you drinking and how are you? I've only got a sparkling water, you know. I want an Iron Brew now, but I'm very well, thank you. Brecken Carreg, sparkling. Uh, no, I've gone for the little own brand Saskia Natron. Um, <laughs> so, it's a lovely drop, lovely drop. Lovely Sparkling drop, water, though, really? It's nice, mate. Don't knock it. Yeah, nah. it takes the edge off, you know, when you fancy a, a can of pop. So. Yeah. You London you London types. Should I put him in Carmarthen, no? He's in West Wales. <laughs> <laughs> but he thinks you should be drinking water direct from the drains. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it's gone a bit too far already. Um, anyway, we, we've got a week of football to talk over in this podcast because obviously we've got the Barnsley game which was probably the best performance of the season and the Bristol game which depending on who you speak to was the worst performance of the season so Ben if we come to you first about the Barnsley game did you like it? I loved it I thought we were outstanding um, I thought it was just what we were talking about earlier on the season just everything clicking and looking like we were going to batter a team mm-hmm. um, that was it wasn't it? It was yeah. just it worked. Everything came off, and the players just worked their socks off and responded amazingly to Harris's sort of kick up the ass uh, after QPR game. He laid down the gauntlet somewhat, didn't he? And and you think they responded well? Obviously, we saw Glatzel come in for um, to play four four two. And and how did that look for you, Ben? Was that the kind of thing you want to see more often? Oh, definitely. It's de- there's definitely something in that formation. Probably doesn't get the best out of Wilson, but it gets the best out of the team overall. And I think sometimes you've got to sacrifice players if you can get more out of the entire team. 
You say it doesn't get the best out of Wilson, but he won us the penalty and he scored quite late on in the game. Is that not the impact you want from him? Do you want to see more from him? Yeah, I want a hat-trick every okay. game. All right. Yeah. Harry, if you're listening, Ben Price has said it. <laughs> and, and, and Ben, I'll end with you on Barnsley and then come to you, Philip. So, Junior Hoylett, your, your favourite player, he got the first goal, obviously, on, on Tuesday. Um, got anything to say about that? Where was he? Where's this Hoylett been for the last however many games before that? He was class. Everywhere, absolutely, wasn't he? Absolutely outstanding. Best player on the pitch. Tom, do you agree? Yeah, he had a really, really good game. It's a strong performance. But it, like, like, I understand Ben's frustration. Like, it was much needed from him. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, he was just playing at kind of like five, five or six out of ten all season, really, not really showing glimpses of what he's done in the past. And that's the performance he needed, really, just to kind of win fans back over. Is, for you, Tom, is that the kind of that performance against Barnsley? Is that the kind of performance we should be putting in every week? We we dominated possession. We looked dangerous every time we went forward. Created a lot of chances. Got a lot of shots on target. That's the the perfect performance, isn't it? Yeah, it's what we've been crying out for. You know, um, we we said we wanted to see more crosses into the box. We got more crosses into the box. We were creating stuff. We looked more solid at the back as well. Like we we Barnsley created very very little all game. They didn't really worry us. And yeah, we were crying out for it. And it did feel like a bit of a corner had been turned. And then, mm-hmm. of course, with the championship now, with so many games in quick succession, well, we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, were we wrong, though? Because obviously, Bristol, we lost the game. But was it a bad performance, Tom? No, not as bad as people are making out. I think what doesn't help is the fact that it's our nearest rivals. Like... Mm-hmm. I, like I hate Bristol City, and it, I, it's just we went. What happened with like with the early goal again? Like we thought we put that behind us now, conceding really, really early on, and we just went and did it again. And it kind of like all the good work against Barnes, it was quickly undone. But then I thought we played really well in that game. I'm seeing people on Twitter, especially saying like worst performance of the season and a terrible performance. But even people like Graham Cavanagh and stuff saying, yeah, that's awful. Like, like saying that's an awful performance on Cardiff. And I, I just don't agree with it really. I thought more missed chances that you expected to score. Uh, Hoyle managed to head the ball backwards from about a yard away at one point, which is quite, the defender did well to kind of ease him, but I don't know how he did it. And it, it felt like, put the first couple of minutes aside, we were a goal away from that being one of the best performances of the season. And I think it kind of shows the fickle nature of football, really. It's all, it is all, obviously all about goals. And, <laughs> and without it, you don't win games. But the performance, I thought, was decent against Bristol City, who were a decent side. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the reaction, because I think there's been some overreaction to the Bristol game. But Ben, I'll come to you, because obviously you had your rant against Lee Johnson earlier this season. So I wonder if you're now going to admit some responsibility for this defeat because it felt like you ranted against Lee Johnson and Bristol. It's just come back to haunt you, hasn't it? No, he's still a fucking slug, isn't he? <laughs> Look what happens. He, he, fuck, he, fucks, he fucks off and they do all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I'll say it's not my fault that he was a slug and got sacked. But are you, is this not karma coming around to bite you on the ass? I know, I've got worse coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds vaguely threatening, but to yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you've got words coming, Ben, from Ben. Um, let, let, let's go to the reaction to the Bristol game, because obviously I think I, I shut Twitter mainly on Friday because I think there was a lot of overreaction to what I thought. My opinion on the game was that if we'd won that, that would have been the gold standard performance of the season because we 
the defence had nothing to do in the second half. Smithies didn't make a save all game. We hemmed them in for most of the game and we created a lot, which we didn't score. And it's quite bizarre. I, I understand that in football, points mean prizes and that at the end of it, it's a business, you know, you need those three points on the board. But I just don't think that the performance was that bad. I've picked some, I picked some stats from FOTMOB. Again, if they're listening, please sponsor us. According to FOTMOB, uh, the Bristol keeper was man of the match. With, he made five saves throughout the game. Um, if you look at the, the, the chance creators, Wilson and Pat created four each. If you look at the most shots on goal, Wilson, Moore, Bakuna got four, four and three each. If you look at the, the top five accurate passes, they were all Cardiff players. Pack's, Pack and Rolls were top of that, which shows that we probably dominated the midfield in that sense. We wanted to see more crosses into the box. In the Bristol game, we put 30 crosses into the box. Uh, around 15 were accurate crosses, if you call it that. We dominated possession. We dominated corners. We had 12 shots inside their box. Smithies had no saves to make. Ben, it's just the fact that we did, we conceded that early goal, isn't it? Smash and grab, isn't it? They just they did a job on us. They were they were the worst team. They didn't deserve the win, but they got it, and that's all that matters. We can complain about bits, but it was just one of those games where we weren't going to score. Uh, we switched off. I think Morrison should have done a lot better for that goal. He should have got a lot closer to Martin for the to I mean, allow him the- space to get the shot off. We'll talk about the goal. The goal was a calamity of errors, wasn't it? Hoyler and Ojo had burst forward. Uh, Bennett played a pass to God knows who. Nelson steams out of the box to try and block the cross when he could have held his position or, or, or tried to slow down and block the cross. I mean, it was a shit goal to concede, wasn't it, Ben? Oh, it was just awful. Even Smith, he seemed to fall and move in slow motion as if he sort of got frozen time going, I can't believe everyone's fucked it up that badly. And sort of just treacle past him as that as he was thinking that. It was just one of those. Um but I, I, the response, the response was decent. You look at the stats; we had a go. It wasn't a case of created nothing, didn't look like we were going to score. We created a lot. We just couldn't score. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot more concerning if we didn't look like we, we didn't create any chances, and they battered us and got like thirty shots on shots at us. Um, I mean, Tom, come to you on this one. I think Friday saw a lot of people. I mean, we've talked about the kind of pressure building on Harris over the last couple of weeks. Friday saw a a concerted amount of tweets blaming him, blaming him for the tactics, which again, I didn't think were bad. We we dominated the game. We did everything we could do, but score um, for the, for the poor performances so far. I mean, for Friday's defeat, Tom, who does the blame lie with? Players. I was saying this earlier on. um, I think it was my dad earlier on. And just like at some point, you can't just blame the manager. I think we sat there the right way, but we just didn't start the game. I suppose you can, you can say, oh, that, that's the manager's fault. He's not getting them riled up as they're going on the pitch. But they're professional football players. You've got to switch on from the start of a game. And you know that. We've mm-hmm. set up in the right way. Perhaps it would have been a different game if Bristol City hadn't scored early because perhaps they wouldn't have sat back as much as they did. And we wouldn't have created as many chances. But like, if you, if you ignore that, you can't ignore a goal. But you know what I mean? If you, if you look at the, the 85 minutes afterwards, it's a cracking performance from us. So I think... I think the amount of flack Harris is getting is a bit unfair. And at some point, you've got to look at that. Because a lot of goals this year have come from errors from players as well, not tactical yeah. like imperfections. It's become from people switching off. And I think at some point, like after QPR, Morrison said there was words in the change room and stuff with the players. And at some point, the players have got to put their hands up and say, this isn't good enough. And we've got to shape up a bit. Yeah? Otherwise, the manager's going to lose his job. And do you, you know, we've signed Kiefer Moore. 
we signed Harry Wilson. They were probably the most profligate um, in front of goal on Friday. I think you know that you can point to three or four headers from Moore where he's either put it too close to the keeper, put it over the bar. You've had Wilson where he's come in on balls and missed it. Do you think fans are reluctant to blame players like Moore and Wilson because we, we see them so highly? They're Welsh players. We've brought them in. They're meant to be the saviors of our season. We would rather blame Har- people would rather blame Harris because he's a bit more of a fall guy than, than these two Welsh internationals. He's your target, isn't it? I think that's yeah. the case of it. Harris, um, it was always going to be the case of when things are going well, Harris is the absolute dog's bollocks and we wouldn't have anyone else. You look back to the start of the season, the tweets that were going out, we, we wouldn't have swapped Harris for anyone. Um, all of a sudden, because he wasn't Mr. Popular 12 months ago when he was appointed, it doesn't take long for that opinion to turn and suddenly he's not good enough again. I think I saw someone tweet that he wouldn't get a job in the championship if he wasn't with us. And I find that fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I... I mean, he's he's, a, he's, he's, turned, he's he turned us around from a bad season, hasn't he? And he his his away job, record is incredible. This isn't an easy job. At the best, if he, like you take out COVID and the whole situation there, the club was in a mess, and we sort of were in, in the balance. We were in the transition and sort of bringing a new squad forward to get us in the playoffs in a transitional squad without a full preseason and all the disruption that came with it. He did well. Preseason's not been ideal because obviously it was a quick turnaround of seasons. Uh, you've not got fans behind you. That accounts massively for us for the home results. Um, there's a lot more factor. And I think the club's in a mess itself. We're, we've been talking like some people tweeting how we're desperate for a right back. This has been the case for four years. That doesn't mm-hmm. fall at Harris's door. That falls higher up. And we've been saying about it for a while that there's big issues further up. It's not the manager that's the issue. I think Harris has still got a long time, has got a long time to go for I'd call for him to be sacked. I don't think he's done much wrong. I think QPR is probably the worst performance-wise this season. The rest haven't been bad. They've just been disappointing. Um, yeah, he's. It's there's more at the club than just Harris being at fault for this. It's not just the players either. There's, it's the club's still in a mess. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we if you look at the summer, we, we shaved so much off that wage bill, and yeah, we signed players in. We, we're still not, you would say, a full squad, are we, Tom? No, no, far from it. Like you scratch below the surface, there's not much there at the moment, and we're like three or four injuries away from a crisis, really, aren't we? And I think, and it's only going to be heightened by the fixture list that we got for the whole of this season, with everything being crammed in. So, I think that's why I was a little bit wary going into the season about predicting us finishing anywhere near the top two as well, just in case mm-hmm. we took injuries. But now, with a slow start as well, I think we've got to get our kind of hopes and check a bit and reality is but I well look we're within touching distance of the playoffs still I still only like six points I think um, and we were, we're in with the shout but we were never going to be top two anyway so I think it's not it's not all doom and gloom yet but we've got to just keep our hopes in check I'll, I'll go through some of the questions we got on Twitter now and then I've we've got a state of the union after which is just because you know it's presidential and it's the international break so we can just go through kind of where we are at the moment and, and what comes next basically um so from twitter we got um jez pez says if harris were to get sacked at christmas or new year would that give the team a chance of recovering our ill-fated playoff push or would it be too late meaning we lose wilson at the end of the season and arguably in the worst position possible ben what do you make of that question um no, well, if, if Harris was to get sacked, and let's face it, he's not going to get sacked until Christmas if he does get sacked at all, if he doesn't turn it round. Um, no, it wouldn't be too late. You've seen teams come from behind. Like you said, it's six points. We did it last season, season, didn't we? 
Yeah, this season's going to be this team's going to drop off massively throughout. You look at Watford; no one thought like they'd concede goals, let let alone sort of go on a bad run. All of a sudden, they've conceded four goals in two games and not exactly looking as strong as they once were. Um, this season's going to have lots of ups and downs. We could very well finish top three or bottom three at the moment, and I think there's a lot. I think the whole league is in that position. A couple of injuries, a couple of things going wrong. Your season falls away, and it could quite easily fall into that bottom three or top, fall out of the playoffs completely. Well, Red, um, Reading is still top, and they've lost three in a row. That's because they had a ridiculous start, though, wasn't it? But I mean, to lose three in a row, you know what I mean? Like this, but the, that shows the, how the gaps are going to be clawed back. Yeah, that shows how competitive it is throughout the league as well, doesn't it? Sort of yeah. teams. Swansea could have gone top if they had won on Saturday, and then they're sixth now. Yeah. That shows just how tight this league is. We're six points off with a long way to go and a lot of football to be played and not a lot of time. Um, I wouldn't get too worried about it just now. And sort of the thing about Wilson, losing Wilson at the end of the season in the worst position possible, that we're not going to keep him. Let's not kid ourselves that if we go up, we're going to keep Harry Wilson because we're not. We're not going to spend 20-odd million, 20 million on a player like Wilson. As good of a sign as it would be for us, Tan's not going to spend that money. And it can be other clubs looking at him and wanting to take him in the Premier League that are going to be far more attractive than Cardiff City. All right, spoil sport. Um, Tom, this one's for you. Uh, you know my feelings towards Bakuna, lads, but generally I'd like to know what he brings to the table, even his favourite position. Three million for a midfielder who's played 68 times with one goals and two assists who can play right back and runs a lot. Is that good enough? And that's from uh, the rasping dog, Hal Bennett, benefactor. You look a bit shocked there, Tom. No, I was trying to read it. The thing on my glasses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that isn't good enough, really, is it? But I, I, it depends what you want him to do. Like, he, I think he does stabilise the midfield when he does play there. Um, but I, I, I did think that he'd offer more going forward when we signed him. Like you've seen him score some screamers in the past, and he hasn't really done it for us. Like he, he tried in the last game. I think it was like you just three shots shot at the end. Yeah, like I, I kind of like that he's having a go, but they were poor. But but do you, but do you think that says more about him or the or the, the way we play him? He isn't, he's not a bad player overnight, is he? No, and I think it doesn't help that he's being played one position one week and the other the next, and there's no consistency there for him. But I I I, I am often quite disappointed with his performance, and I do mm-hmm. get very very nervy when he's put in certain situations as well. Like, there's players on, I feel like, roles and stuff where I'm not as nervous when they're near the ball. Someone like Bakuna, you don't know what he's going to do next. And sometimes when you have a player where you don't know what they're going to do next, they've got a bit of flair at the end of it, they might do something special instead. But at the moment, it's either something slightly dependable or something completely balmy that costs us a goal. So I would like to see a bit more from him when he's put in that midfield position. But I just can't see him getting a regular run there at the moment. Um. The next question is from Alex Strange, Ben, and it's, it's, it's again the conversation around if Harris gets sacked. Who would you want in to replace Harris if he was to get sacked? It'll be another cheap option, so Cowley Brothers, Michael Flynn, Paul Cook, or, or someone else. I mean, Ben, there's a, there's a clamour for Eddie Howe. I mean, would Eddie Howe come into our club? He would, but he wouldn't last. Um, it would no, we be... wouldn't like the fact that he plays football. Yeah, we'd fucking moan that he's trying to turn us around and we want him sacked in three weeks. Um... If Harris was to go, I think Paul Cook would be the nicest choice just because he seems like a lovely, lovely man. Yeah, um, he's a bit of an arsehole. 
Yeah, he's got that chip on his shoulder. I like I, yeah. every press conference I've seen with him. He just makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. He's like a younger Warnock. Um, the Cowley brothers. I don't think the clubs can, would be that ambitious. Uh, Michael Flynn. I think if you're moaning about the style of football now, fuck me, you're in for a shock there. If you watch Newport regularly, um, yeah, it's just it will be another cheap option. Look, we're not going to splash the cash and go for a ridiculously ambitious manager for the next manager. But but surely, but surely the, the the historic trend says that we would go for a more expensive manager now because we, when we went um, when we got rid of Mackay, we went for Oli, um, for Oli Solskjaer, who was expensive. Got rid of Solskjaer, got Slade and Trollope in. And uh, you know now we've gone from Warnock to Harris. Does that mean that, that we would actually break the bank for the next manager for a, a Warnock style character, or do you think it's just going to be another cheap one? Couldn't tell you. Um, the way the club's set up and the way they're saying, you'd imagine it's going to be a cheap option. Mm-hmm. Tom, but, uh, that lad at the Middlesbrough's doing well, isn't he? That manager, young, young up and comer, young up and comer, inexperienced yeah. though, isn't he? What's what's he done? <laughs> no, I, I just can't see Harris being sacked anytime soon. Anyway, I don't think it's no. anything we need to worry about. We're like we, we, our form will pick up slightly. Perhaps we'll pick up a lot, but I can't see us being in a relegation battle. And I think this year, I think the most stability we can have in the club, the better, because we've got a lot of loan signings in at the moment. So we don't need like players leaving at the end of the season, a manager going out the door and having to rebuild again. Because it, it feels like we're permanently in some sort of transition at the moment. Mm. So a little bit of stability. I think it would be good. And a little bit of patience as well. Like, we don't need to go up up and down every other year. Like, let's just give him time to bed and give him a few seasons and then go from there. Compared to when other managers have been sacked, though, I don't think, sort of, for us anyway, I don't think his performances and where we are justifies any of the calls from being sacked. I don't get where this has come from out of nowhere. I, um, I, do, I, I do wonder if it's just an overreaction to Friday, but it just it, it seems more concerted than ever now that people are saying it. It's weird. I just think, like, you look at where Solskjaer was, where we were with Solskjaer. We were miles worse than this under Solskjaer. Um, Trollope, again, another one where it was a total disaster. I'm sort of going into, like, the tan regime. You can't really expect, sort of, this is where the club's going to go, no, nah, he's got to go. I think... I don't think it's been that bad. I really don't think I don't, it's I don't, bad I as agree people with think. You, ben. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's because we've had success in recent years, isn't it? Like, and even last year, getting into the playoffs, you know, that's a success again in many fans' eyes. And then starting so badly this year, people are kind of panicking. And it's the way of so many clubs are to like, just throw managers under the bus. And I think just fans expected us to do exactly the same thing. But I, he's done a fantastic job since he's come in, Harris, I reckon. And a very, very tough time for the club. And I think we're not a Premier League club. We're not going to be a Premier League mainstay. So I think, I, I, I think that our fans expect too much from us at times. We've we've kind of overachieved consistently, I think, over the last like ten years, and they just expect us to keep doing it. But it's it's it, the last question on Twitter. And this this probably leads into the, the wider discussion. Really, is that it's twelve months really since we sacked Warnock. Obviously, the Bristol game last year where we lost and he left. Sacked left. I can't remember. Um, are we in a better, same, or worse position? You know, after a year, we should be able to answer this. Snap answers. I think we're in a better position, Ben. Yeah, I think we're in a better position. Tom? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's basically been a year, almost a year of Harris. Like, again, I can't really remember the specifics of when he came in. We're going into an international break, so it's a good chance to kind of take stock on the season so far and his, and his reign so far. I mean, on the season so far, Ben, what have been the, the standout moments for you? I mean, has there been those good moments that we need or is it, is it been largely a, a disappointing season for you? 
I think it's been a disappointing season, but you look then at Barnsley. Like I, I put on Twitter and I've said in the group, this is the be- that was the best performance we've had in three years. That's mm-hmm. the best performance since Villa at home. Um, we were outstanding. We didn't give them an e- a second. And that's the benchmark that we know it's capable of that. If we didn't get a performance like that and we sort of lost to Bristol in a more convincing fashion, then probably I'd be a lot more swayed to say, oh, perhaps it's not working out with Harris. But Christ, you can't forget how good that Barnsley performance was. It was superb. And let's not jump on it because we've lost to some carrot crunches up the road. Also, it was a smash and grab on Friday. I know we keep talking about it, but it was a proper smash and grab. Tom, do you, do you feel then, you know, the, the last two performances have been relatively consistent in the way we played and in the way we dominated the games? Yes, we didn't score as many on Friday and ended up losing the game. But do you think that's where Harris wants us to be? And that's now the, the kind of springboard for the, the post-international break? Yeah, I think so. I think we're moving in the right direction. I think the Barnsley one was key because it was a complete 90, which we hadn't done all season. And and then Bristol, you know, you saw the way we're going to play. We're starting to play the right way. We're, we're giving chances to our strikers. We just didn't put it away, really. And I think there's enough there in that Bristol performance to think we're going in the right direction. It's not throw toys over the pram yet. Like, I know it feels like we've said this so often, but like it's a big four games after the international break now. It's a big period, and I, th- I think it could be telling. I think we can have a better analysis of how it's going after that next block of fixtures. Ben, do you think so I, I've been thinking about this quite a lot? Do you think some of the, the kind of disappointment comes from the fact that under Warnock, we didn't play good football? You know, we barely kept the ball, but we would always find a way to win. And, and, and Friday night's game, yes. The last time he played Bristol, he lost. But it was the kind of game that in another, other circumstances, we would have done the smash and grab it. And do you think there's just that, that's, that mismatch of expectation? I think the issue is the fans don't know what they want, do they? They want to win, but they don't, and they want better football. Mm-hmm. But if you want better football, it's going to take time to happen. And it is happening. But we've got to realise in a crazy season like this, trying to change your style isn't going to be easy. It was strange, actually. Sky, for the first time, acknowledged we aren't hoofball side on Friday. It was the, commenta- the commentators were actually saying they're not a lump it up side anymore. They, pl- they try and play a bit. They were giving us props for our football and then we didn't score. But um, it shows that the performance was there. When Sky are going, who love to jump on us and just label us as a long ball team, they're going, no, they're a decent side. They're knocking the ball about well. And we did at points. It could have been better, but it's enough to say it's there. And that's sort of what the fans wanted, I thought, when sort of people were clamoring for Warner to go this time last year. Yeah, it's an awesome thing. They saw people see the change of Leeds and think, Leeds are changing, need a new manager. It's the same time again. I, I just think it's, I just feel like Friday was, I, it, it was bizarre really that we went from Tuesday to Friday and it was, it, it seemed so unequivocal across social media that Harris was to blame. But, you know, it, was, it wasn't a bad performance. I know we keep saying it. it wasn't a bad performance. Yes, we conceded an early goal and yes, we lost to Bristol and that's disappointing. But it felt like nobody could almost see through the, see through the fact that we lost. And there was no perspective on the fact that that performance was far better than anything Warnock ever put together. I know Warnock was successful, but the football we played and the way we set out was better than anything that Warnock did, bar one or two maybe um, exceptions. And I just don't really know. Again, I think it's that expectation thing. If we want to be successful and play bad football, we can do that. But then the clamour was we want to play better football and more attractive football. And now we're doing that. It might not be immediately successful. And I think that's where the, the heads rut. I saw a lot of people moan that Harris changed the side and um, it went, we went from the 4-4-2, which worked really well, back to the standard 4-5-1 uh, with Wilson in the 10. 
Um, but we can't. So, we have to rest players, right? Well, Glatzel was. You've got to remember as well. The reason Glatzel didn't play the full ninety against Barnsley was because he was ill. Yeah, he wasn't well. He was still tired, and that's why he came off, and that's why he didn't start. You forget if this isn't FIFA. This isn't. You can't play the same eleven two days in a row. Um, players have re- there's real lives going on. Players don't. Players are ill. Players have personal stuff going on. They might have had a new kid and not got much sleep, and they're looking knackered. There's lots of factors to take into consideration more than just oh it's four let's go four four two we played it last we played it on Tuesday it's Friday we can play it again it doesn't work like that and also it was it was, naive che- to that. it was a Tuesday Friday was it it was Saturday Tuesday Friday that's a really quick turnaround that's what three games in six days yeah so therefore and, and and to have that performance against Barnsley and then keep it up for a large part going into the Friday Tom that deserves some praise right yeah definitely. Uh, the, the one thing that worries me a little bit is the kind of goal-scoring form now of Moore and Glaxel mm-hmm. between them where we're not, we're not getting much out of them goal-wise. And I think Moore is in danger of being really, really burnt out because he's the focal point for us and he's the focal point for Wales. Like, the way other players around the league like starting strikers for, for clubs in the Championship are now going to have a bit of a rest. He's going to have to go away now and possibly play another three games in a week. Is and he suspended for one of the games? Yeah, he's suspended, so. for, he's suspended for the first um, I thought, Nations League game. I thought he got booked last time, yeah. Yeah, so I think I, I think we're really in danger of him kind of burning out. And he looks a little bit dejected now. Where he things looks aren't a bit quite pissed off. He does look, he does pissed, look off. pissed off. But I think some of it would have been with himself. in the Because he's had chances the last few games as well, where he's kind of scuppered it. Then little things like when it bounces back off his head and manages to go wide. And yeah. just little things aren't quite kind of falling for him at the moment. And I think we really need him and Glatzel to kind of bag one soon, just to kind of get that, get the mood back up again. And then we can, I think it's really holding us back a little bit at the moment because we're I relying on Rawls and Wilson. I think we need Glatzel to score more than, um, more than Kiefer at the moment, purely yeah. just so it takes that strain off him. So he's not just going to shift all the goals are on me. Um, if Bobby G can pop up with a tasty little goal, then. Yeah. The I mean, this is, but this is. A bit more elite, doesn't he? This is classic Cardiff City, right? Nothing changes. We've got Glatzel, who is, I think, six, 15, 16 games without a goal or something like that. Uh, they mentioned it on Friday. Is many? It is, but I don't think... They're obviously not. He's coming off the bench in a lot of those yeah. games as well. Even still. Um, I don't think he scored since... Um, was it Leeds or maybe Preston? He scored Preston away? Um, I don't think he scored since then, which was in the, the second round of games last season. Um, but it's just it's it's classic kind of city, right? We've signed this striker who we thought was going to bag us 15, 20 goals, and he looks bereft of you know he doesn't look bereft of confidence. But he had three or four chances on Friday that he didn't put in. Glatzel isn't scoring as well, so we're we're back to square one, aren't we? Then Isaac Vassell to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned um, we're relying on Rawls and Rawls and Wilson. I mean, Rawls and Pack on Friday were were brilliant once again and Rawls is probably player of the season so far for me but Ben who, who would you know we've talked about Pack, we've talked about Morrison being good at different times who, who would you say is your player of the season so far going into the international break uh, so far for me it's, I'd go for Marlon Pack. Marlon Pack. I think, I think he's been really consistent he's had a couple of games where well every player has that's why we're in the position we are no one's hit mm-hmm. like top top form but if you look at him Mr Consistent yeah I think Pack's probably been there I'd like to see him chip in with a couple more assists and probably get a bit forward and look for a shot every now and again. But yeah, for me, Pack's probably been the best player so far. Oh, Smithies, actually. Sorry, Smithies. Yeah, what am I talking about? Shut up, Ben. Smithies. Smith, don't tell me to shut up. Smithies is Mr. Reliable, though, isn't he? I think like he's. if you need a world-class save, he's going to give you one. If you want someone from crosses, he never looks, 
he's he never looks flapped, does he? We've conceded a lot, and there's not been a goal where I thought it's he's at fault for. I think that's the biggest thing for me with a goalkeeper. Mm. And uh, yeah, that just shows how good he is. Tom, who's your player of the year so far? I have to stop agreeing with Ben, but um, pa- uh, Marlon Park, I think. Have an um, argument. Come on, say something else. <laughs> no, but it's, no, it's I, still... I changed my mind now. I've gone for Smithy, so you can have Packy Prick. Ah, there we wrong. go. You're wrong. There we, there we go. Um, That's better. No, I think Pack, like you can see in the game on Friday, he's been a bit braver with his passes now. He's mm-hmm. not just doing a sideways. He's looking for that kind of killer ball a little bit more. He could probably add a few few more of them to his game. But like I think Harris said it in a couple of press conferences ago that he wanted to see more from him because he's got he's the best passer we've got. Yeah. And he's starting to see it now. He's getting a bit more confident. He's getting a bit braver. But it's been a long while since we can look at our team and we're not naming a centre-back or a defender as our man of, the, man of the season so far. And I think that's mm-hmm. a bit of a worry as well, where we're not getting the clean sheets we were, where you know, you're not seeing... It's not quite as solid at the back with Morrison and Nelson. They were, they were solid in the last two games, like, like for the majority of it. But I think where we used to struggle to score goals there was always that feeling that we'd keep a clean sheet and I think we've got like one clean sheet in six or something now and I think we're leaking a few more goals that we wouldn't have done in the past so I think yeah. it's a bit worrying when we're all looking at them but it's kind of refreshing that other people are stepping up because I think Ojo's had a good season as well because there was a lot of people saying he wasn't good enough when he first came in and I think he's really kind of settling in now and you're seeing, starting to see the best from him as well yeah, he was. I thought he was okay on Friday in patches, and I, I understand why he came off because again, it's it's a lot of lot of lot of games in short in short periods. Um, yeah, you're right on the on the clean sheets part. I think one of our biggest things is that we never scored enough goals, but we would never, like you say, we maybe only scored fifty goals over a season, but we would only concede twenty. We're now at twelve goals goals for and eleven against, and that's the kind of that's the worry, really, isn't it? That if we keep conceding goals, we're never going to pull away from our own goal difference. And that could be the downfall when it comes to sneaking into the playoff late on in the season. Uh, we, we've got the international break coming, but looking ahead to the international break, we've got the first four games afterwards. I mean, they're four winnable games, Ben. We've got Millwall, Coventry, Luton and Huddersfield. With, with, with the fans turning somewhat, with the, 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 you know, the opinions going against him, are, are those four must-win games now? Are they, can, can we afford to lose one or two of those? What, what's your view? If you can come away with nine or ten points from those four, you'd be happy, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, Millwall, I think people underestimate Millwall. They're, um, I think, only Stoke have won more games in the last 12 months than Millwall. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't like Gary Rowett, but he's doing a good job. Um, yeah, so they're a decent side, but Coventry look very suspect, but then you've got a midfielder that scores a 25-yard header. <laughs> yeah, it was a good header. I can't wait to see that on Ben Foster's YouTube. Ridiculous, yeah. I can't wait to see that strap the GoPro strap to him. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Luton, very hit and miss, can be good, can be shit. And oh, thank you, Gattuso. Yep. Huddersfield just haven't got going, really, have they? Um, they're still, they're not as bad as they were last year, but I don't think they're really going to be looking at top six. So, you, nine, ten points, well, Tom. Nine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I reckon we'll win all four. I'm you think? That. Yeah. Even though I think like Coventry played some decent stuff recently, they look pretty good against Redden. They scored at a crucial time, but it was a decent performance. They looked alright against Watford as well, but they like they can they're a little bit susceptible at the back. But and this is when we're going to click. I've decided. I think we're going to win four from four, turn our season round, and we're going to finish eight. Well, I mean, that's, with the international <laughs> break, we're not we're not losing too many players. What are you laughing at, Ben? We're not losing too many players. Obviously, Moore and Wilson are going, but we know. We know how we play with Moore and Wilson in the side. But this should be the time to bed in and really work on the good things we've seen, right? 
Yeah, you think so, but um, I I hope, <laughs> I'd hope like players get a bit of a rest as well because I think that clearly there's a bit of fatigue in there. And sort of perhaps one of the things you could do with is um, just sort of having that rest and sort of refreshing, charging the batteries up and going again. Well, from from looking at Instagram, uh, Stacey and Sean Morrison were having a lovely Thai takeaway tonight. And they I look good, that did. They got a couple of beers in. So I assume they might have the next couple of days off to recover because I think you're right. I think the fatigue is setting in. And what, you know, when's our next game? I looked to look it up earlier, but it's 12 days. 12 days to I'm ideally they need two or three days to recover from there, don't they? Yeah, I think just don't go back in until the middle of the week, have a nice bit of time off. How good did Morrison and Bamba look on Sky as well, by the way? Yeah, (laughs) Moz in his lovely suit. He looked very nice in that suit. Yeah. Some groundbreaking journalism, that mind. Oh, they know they must have a couple of days off because I saw them having a tie on Instagram. Listen, you've got to see play, these things lads. and make those deductions. Yeah, that's good. I like it. I like it. I'm not yeah. going to do it, but crack on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gradually scrolling through Instagram. Um, today was, of course, uh, FA Cup first round proper day, and there was a smorgasbord of, of former Cardiff City players taking part in different games. Um, just thought, I'd give a rundown of them. Aaron Wildig was in action for Morecambe. I think they won one nil against the non-league team. I couldn't remember who it was. He's been um, in Morecambe for years, hasn't he? He has. I think he's almost coming up to six or seven years there. I think he moved there in not long after. He went to maybe Shrewsbury. And Shrewsbury first, then, yeah. Been at Morecambe for like, five I years like now. Wildig. I like, I like Wildig. Wildig too. It was right. a shame, really. I, I, I just don't know if he had... He didn't really have that almost like aggressive edge in the championship, did he? He almost looked a bit a bit brittle for the championship. Well, I think that's why he's ended up at Morecambe playing against Molden and Tiptree today, isn't it? Really? Completely. Molden yeah. and Tiptree. That was it, the jammers. Um, there was a, an all an all Cardiff City t- uh, tie at um, the Hive. Uh, ben Nugent in defence for Barnet as they won one 0 against John Brayford's Burton. Uh, John Brayford is now. It was quite odd actually because Ben Nugent had a ponytail where John Brayford almost had a shaved head. So uh, their roles have reversed in more than one way, um, mainly in the hair department. Nugent, um, Nugent's got a ponytail. Yeah, got a ponytail. He was actually quite good today for Burton. Um, he, he was at Stevenage last year, and obviously they got relegated. Well, they didn't get relegated. They should have got relegated because they only won two games or something over the season. Their defence was pretty bleak, but it looked quite good for Barnett today. Yeah, fair play. That's some commitment. I was, to I was sat in front of my laptop, and I was, I was flicking through all the games, and I was watching like ten minutes here and there of each game. I had two games on at once, basically. Um, and obviously, the the game of the day um, didn't involve any kind of players, I don't think. But it was um, at at Crawley, uh, Torquay, sorry, Torquay versus Crawley, six five to Crawley in a game that lasted one hundred and fifty minutes due to a pretty um, bad injury to the Torquay goalie, uh, the Crawley goalie. I haven't seen any updates on that, but he took one to the head, so hopefully he's not too bad but um yeah it was a mental game of football you're right um what me that's a lot it's a lot of football <laughs> watch a lot of football this weekend um and then the, the last two kind of players that i saw that involved josh mcginnis got a goal for hull and emir hughes um the great welsh hope who never was um and turned out to be a bit of a tory prick um was involved as ipswich were, were dumped out of the cup by portsmouth so um, that's my FA Cup roundup done. Any other any other former players that you saw in action this weekend, or or not? Because I'm just a sad one looking out for it. I saw all of those as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you? Good. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. No. Good. Just me. <laughs> I mean, you could you could tell I've been I like that. Right? I like that, boys. I, I like that little roundup. 
Oh, good. You can do more of it. Um, yeah, <laughs> you were disparaging about it halfway through. Um, I will do more of that. Um, but before we get to the Twitter Hall of Fame and round off the podcast, um, I, I thought I'd fill you in because you could tell how bored I am because I've been really into football manager over the last couple of weeks as well. Like um, you have been busy, haven't you? I have been busy. Um, you'll all be pleased to know um, during the, 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 the course of this podcast being recorded, I have recorded my first win in the Premier League for Cardiff. Uh, we just beat West Ham 3-1. Uh, the goal scorers, Josh Murphy, Robert Glatzel, and uh, the last scorer was Rian Brewster. Because I got him in on loan from Liverpool. Fantastic. Yeah, fant- <laughs> 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 fantastic. Um, but it was my first win of the season. Um, obviously got up to the Premier League after winning the title, which was kind of un- un- unexpected, really. Uh, but we now sit 19th after seven games. One win, two draws, four losses. Um, it's tough going in the Premier League, boys. But um, I don't know if you've got any suggestions of people I should sign, or if you played football manager in a long time, or is it just me being sad still at whatever age I am? I haven't played. I played, I think, two weeks of it when I was in uni, and then I had two men sent off and lost eight-one to Huddersfield, and, um, and I've never played it again. Then <laughs> uh, it was a uni thing for me. Almost ruined my degree. Oh. Um, but yeah, since then, no, I haven't really played it. It's too involved, man. I haven't got that time. Yeah, it is far too involved. I did play the mobile version because that's less involved, but I've, I've just got into FM20 again because it was free at the end of lockdown because at the end of every cycle, they release it for free. So I've just got it and I thought I'd give it a go. Um, my my favourite Cardiff City game on Football Manager was, I think it was 2010 um, or maybe even 2008. It was the 2008 version because it was just before Arshavin became really good. And I got up to the Premier League with Cardiff, signed Arshavin, at Cardiff in the Premier League, got relegated straight away, then he was in the Championship. And he was absolutely boss in the Championship. <laughs> I think 46 games, he got uh, over 30 goals and assists. And he was just like, he just took the piss, basically. Took the piss in the Championship. I think Football Manager 2013 handheld, I went about 14, 15 seasons in. <laughs> that's a lot. That's, I never that's get deep, that far. man. That's deep. But the handheld when you can go real quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I got bored because I realised I've discovered a cheat that if you um, set the asking price to 250 million for any player, there was a glitch that every team accepted it. What? So I was selling ridiculous players. I was selling like our youth team players for 250 million. So and yeah, and then it spoiled. It was sort of halfway through there. I was like, oh, this is actually boring now. I keep on winning like eight, eight nil and not doing anything. <laughs> On, on the on the latest football manager handheld, uh, there was a, a Jack Grealish glitch where he was so hated by Dean Smith that they would give you money to take him. So I, I put in a bid for him, and they went, they were, I, it was like a couple of million quid or whatever, and they were like, no, minus five hundred pounds, please. Um, and I, I ended up I ended up signing him for six grand, and like I, just because I was like, I don't think minus five hundred is a thing. Put it up to six grand, and they sold him to me with a massive buyback clause. But um, I don't know what it is about Grealish, but apparently he's really hated um, on, on football manager. Not just on so, yeah. football manager. Oh, he's, I think Jack Grealish is class. Yeah, same. big fan, prick big fan. I don't think he's a prick at all. I think he's, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, but those shin pads, the way he wears those shin pads. Class, love it. I love nah, that. I have exactly off. the same shin pads. Yeah, They're Sondico's ex, extra small children's. You had, I roll you my socks exact, down as well. You had the exact same shin pads, yeah, when you were five. No, I, still, I wear those now. I wear the smallest shin pads possible. No wonder people hate you in Sunday League. He's got a moustache, long hair, and wears child shin pads. You, you do mean like? Roll my socks down, and I wear white <laughs> boots. <laughs> oh, do you? Do you play centre yeah, back but, with white boots? Yeah, but I, I, I'm not I, having that. Um, I wear Mizuno's, right? Um, because they're class, and I've got uh, look at them. They're beautiful. 
I used to have I used to have almost exactly the same pair when I was in mixed school. Mixed sole as well. Look at that. Studs and moldies. You uh, can tell anyone who's play, listening you to you're this. playing like a London league. You're not playing sort of like play like that in the Mid Wales League. Ten foot in the air, farmers just hammering you. <laughs> I did. I did play like that. We used to play. Um, we used to go to Gilvach and uh, Tana Revar for cup games, and we would. I, you know, I would. I would draw some ire from the locals. Let me tell you that. <laughs> You'd be lynched. Uh, Rightly so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But enough about enough about me and my Sunday league exploits. And, though in the last game, I you know did score, so maybe the white boots are paying off. Uh, let's let's round off the podcast uh, and get into the international break with the the classic view from the Ninian Hall of Fame. Ben, I ask you every week: Do you have the tweet open so you can read the results? Uh, I don't actually. I forgot to do it, but I can tell you who won. It was unbelievable. Um, if you count legitimate votes, I won massively. <laughs> But oh god, I laughed at that too much. <laughs> you laughed so loud that it didn't Satire. come through on my headphones. <laughs> Just like cancelled it. <laughs> uh, was it uh, price one bigly? So with a massive seventy nine percent, most of those who fought fraudulent postal votes. Yeah, it, we is... stopped counting after one <laughs> the first vote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only count if you only count my votes. I won. Um, it was Man of the People, back on form after two losses. Tom Phillips with Bristol City nil, Cardiff City six. Yeah, he went big. He went big. I did go quite big, to be fair. Then it was close. between. Yeah, it was actually. It was about 11%, 12%, wasn't it, between us? 12% was me with beans on toast. And 9% for the grandstand bar at Ninian Park. That's what people think about me, right? They prefer beans on toast, which has no discernible link to Cardiff City, to my opinions about Cardiff City. The thing I don't get is, right, so if you go on the votes, it's quite clear. But if you look at actual likes on the tweet, mine and Tom's have got exactly the same likes. It's just me and you. <laughs> no, not retweets, <laughs> likes. I don't like my tweets. <laughs> oh, I, do. I, don't think my, I don't think my tweet got any likes. It did not, no. Uh, I mean, I, I've got to hope that I pull it back this week, but obviously it's, it's over to Tom Phillips first because winner, winner goes first as usual. But that puts you on five, I think, Tom. Five well, actually, we've, we've, we've actually got a bit of controversy here. Uh-oh. Um, I've just seen this. I didn't notice this at the time. There was, uh, was it a vote that didn't have the post date on it? Yeah. Stevie, Ray Co- Stevie Raycorn. Um, can I retract my vote? I didn't realise I was voting for Branston Beans. That could change it. That could change it in the popular vote stakes. Stevie, no, you fucking can't. <laughs> anyway, um, if anyone wants to hear my views on the results, I'll be hosting a press conference at Four Seasons Landscaping in Newport um, <laughs> next week to, to go through the results and, and my, my leave of, list of grievances about that. But that puts you on five, Tom. You're up in the lead. Five to you, two to me, one to Ben, I think. Or is it two all to me, Ben? I never remember. I've only got one. You've only got one. So five, two, one. And it's another round this week where Tom gets to go first. Um, and you picked a, a topical one. Well, yeah, I think after seeing Luckman's penalty Oh, Luckman! Very good. Um, <laughs> um, penalty attempt for Fulham. I think it's only right now we bring back Jan Kermagant's penalty uh-huh. chip in the, the playoff semi-final. A bit controversial going for a non-Cardiff player to put into the, the Hall of Fame. But I think it's one of the best moments I've had as a Cardiff City fan, seeing that idiotic attempt at chipping the ball straight down the middle into David Marshall's hands and leading to wild celebrations on the pitch. 
and also leading to a fantastic parody song yes. um, to the tune of Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart, which I recommend to anyone if you haven't listened to it, but I'm sure you have. And uh, I used when, to I, listen... when I do the vote, I'll uh, put that video with it. Oh, please do, because I, I just after that game, I, I used to... That came out, I think, within about 24 hours of that chip as well. It was very it was quick. Unbelievable. Very quick. And I, I used to listen to that at least twice, three times a week. Uh, but th- I that still chip, listen to it now. There we go. Should we play it now? No, we can't. We probably don't have the rights. But uh, uh, yeah. neither did he. To be fair, <laughs> no, yeah, I that's don't, a good point. Mainly, I don't really know how YouTube works within Zoom video calls, so <laughs> more of a technical thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that I think just it was just fantastic to watch, wasn't it? It was just it's such a nerve-wracking situation, and to have the balls to do that when you haven't got the ability to do it as well. When and he'd been. Very, very shit, and well, average at best, and largely shit for Leicester up until that point. And I mean, how does the song go? Um, I would have sure, sure he would have ripped it, but then the stupid wanker chipped it. Chipped it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I should have just gone for the song, really. But he should have just gone for the song. But anyway, no, I, no it's it's a terrible choice. A terrible choice. A terrible <laughs> choice of things. Sorry, yeah, chip. Kimigan chip. That was me. Over to you. Sorry, I'm, I'm rumbling on you. Ben Price. Um, I'm going for the 2011-2012 kits. Uh, mm-hmm. The Puma 3, you had the fantastic blue home kit. Uh, a really, really nice, crisp, white away kit with blue shorts. And then a controversial, but I still think fantastic third kit with the black and with the yellow stripes. Oh, oh that was, love, that that was lovely, to be fair. It's a fantastic kit, but some people don't rate it. But I think as a set, I don't think we've had a better three kits Go in. I just think they're speechless. A, they're that good. As, as, I just couldn't think of the words. As a set of as a three kits, I don't think a provider has given us three better kits in one. Like the home kit's really good. It's a solid home kit. The away kit's really nice. I'm not saying they're all fantastic. But it's like the best away kit, best home kit, best third kit. But as a collective, three kits. Puma did the goods there. Is, is it not controversial to have a white away kit? Oh, it's a nice kit though. It's a nice kit, but people. I remember at the time, people were like white yeah. is, you know, it's. We've worn white kits jacks. in the past, though. It's not like it was a first time thing. I, I, I didn't say we hadn't worn white kits in the past. Then it's just in the age of social media, people just get angry about stuff. They do, but I got no, two I, words I, for you, really: Causeway Sports. <laughs> you know, that was a bad white kit. <laughs> oh God, we had a white kit, don't we? That, that pops up on phys- eBay every now and again. That you physically couldn't get over your head. I'm mad. It's because they were made by ProStar. They weren't made by Cosmo. They were made by like a, a local supplier, apparently. They were made in Merthyr. Yeah, and they were they were just badged as Cosway, even though they were the same kits you'd buy for your Sunday league team. God, just imagine playing in that shirt. It was rank, wasn't it? it was that, blue, that blue home kit was so heavy. I can imagine if it during rained, the rain. If it rained, it like oh, it was ridiculous. God, what terrible kits. But um, I'd love to know what the actual story is behind us doing Causeway Sports. That's one for a, a long read, isn't it? Um, I'll round it off with um, some, something that we saw a lot of during, during his time at the club. I've, I've gone for this week, uh, my pick is the, the Robert Earnshaw somersault. Um, first scene, I think, when he scored that overhead kick against Hartlepool on the first day of the season in the, the late 90s where someone ran into the post and knocked themselves out in 
absolute joyous scenes. Um, <laughs> for, for me, Robert Earnshaw's celebration was almost like a big moment in the club because we've never had a player who did like an acrobatic celebration that I could remember in my time. And it was just like, it became a symbol of our kind of success as we grew as a football club. He was obviously what broke the record for most goals in the season, the season we got promoted <clears throat> in the playoffs. So he must have done that somersault 34 times, I think, that season. Um, when he came back in the season where we had those fantastic kits, it was great to see the somersault back at the club. And it just felt like it, 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 in that time when, when the club was always in the doldrums in Divisions 2 and 3, like having a player who had a somersault felt exotic and like we made it as a football club. And I think that's what I always symbolise that, that somersault for. And the fact that Robert Earnshaw was a fantastic striker when we sold him to West Brom, it was, it was quite a sad moment. So I'm going to go for Robert Earnshaw's somersault going into this week's Dubrovnikian Hall of Fame. It's a good week this week. We've um, upped our I, game a bit. I don't know which way it's going to go. I, I feel like he's going to go Kerm again because it's just got that, that, that nah, comedy factor. It's got to be flip, surely. I, it could be the kits. I still haven't forgiven Inch for missing an open goal against England. I don't know why. Yeah, it just really wrangles me at the moment. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, we don't talk about Wales, do we? Sorry. It was a proper bad miss, though, wasn't it? it was, I, look, I watched it again the other day. I don't know why. And it, it was so bad. But he was good for Cardiff, so let's stick to that. Sorry. <laughs> he was lovely for Cardiff. Anyway, international break coming up. We probably won't do a podcast in that time. So, Ben, what are you going to do with your, your 12 days off the podcast? Um, I'm going to train hard, get my head down, and work hard and come back fitter, stronger, and improve my performance. Yeah, you have been lacking in the last few weeks. I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. Tom, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to wear a different Wales football shirt for 12 days uh, and just get excited for international football that's my which plan which one what, what one are you going to go for first ooh uh, the 1990 away kit that's what I'm going to go for the white one with the red and green on the shoulders oh very and nice. I'll save that for game day I'll save that for game day I'll go for the I'll go for the I think it's the 2000 lotto red one I'll go for that beautiful with the, like the dragon yeah like a um, shadow on it that's the bad boy Love, lovely bit of kit Right, that's the end of this week's view from the Ninian. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks once the international break's over. Ben, see you later. All the best, boys. Tom Tana. See ya. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and...